I don't think that's enough for the King of Kings, Jesus, our Master, our Lord. Let's make a joyful noise. Come on, put your hands together. Put your hands together. Put your hands together. You can do better. Lift your voice up and give Him praise. Wonderful. Thank you so much. We may be seated. Choir, thank you. Thank you so much, choir. Thank you. Let's just appreciate our choir for leading us through. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right, let me see those of you that were here on Friday. I believe we are all expectant and we are believing God for something great to happen today. Are you believing God for something big? I think it's important that as the service progresses, you have your uh, invoices with you. You have your receipt. If you have been able to contribute financially towards the construction of our city church building, I would want you to have on you the proof, the evidence, whether you have it in your hands or maybe it's in your pocket or maybe it's in your Bible. You just make sure that it is close by because of the nature of this service that we are having here today there are things that you never thought would happen and such things are going to be occurring even as we there is something so so massive that God is going to be doing throughout this service today. So, there is something about prayer 
would want us to consider since you were all here on Friday um, I have a few things that I would want to educate you on so that the next time that you get a chance to pray you know exactly what is happening to you and what is happening to the people around you and even what is happening to the environment around you so there is a reason why people are not much interested in praying. There is a reason why people don't find it interesting spending time in prayer. There are many reasons. But I believe also that there are questions that needs to be answered before one can find joy in prayer. Because as a ministry, as a movement, as an organism, what is going to determine our power, our strength, and our dominance is our life of prayer. How much we pray will decide how much of power we carry as a church. Prayer must at this point become a cultural thing. Prayer must now become the thing that defines us. We should be known for prayer and we should also be known for getting answers from God every time we pray. So we are going to address this matter today so that you know the losses that you have incurred so far as a result of prayerlessness. When you hear there is an opportunity and there is an invitation to prayer, you must know what you are likely to miss out if you are not to attend or 
if you don't get a chance to attend physically, what are you then supposed to be doing at the time others are praying? If I'm to ask you a very simple question right now, did you pray today for this service? I would be happy if I'm to hear a yes from you. That's number one. Number two, how did you pray? What did you say? Why would, you, why would you pray for a service? What exactly are you saying when you pray for a service such as this one? So I'm, I've got some few things that I would want to share with you just to enlighten you, bring you to a place of uh, comprehension in as far as prayer is concerned so that you know the results that you are bound to get if prayer is to be conducted properly so that you get results every time. Is it not discouraging if even the Holy Spirit is to let you know that of the prayers that you are ever going to do in life, we will only respond to 10%. If the Spirit of God is to inform you of such a ratio in prayer that you will pray from now for the next 40, 50 years, the only prayers that we are going to respond to is 10%. Would you not want to know why 10% and why not 100%? So let's look at why most people, even no matter how much they pray, they don't just seem to get answers. Which then becomes the reason why most people, when they are invited to come for prayer, they don't attend. They are not interested. Even when they are to come, they are, not, they are looking forward to seeing they are men of God coming, not necessarily answers to their prayers. And yet, if that expectation, looking forward to seeing a man of God walking in, if you were to refocus that expectation and you focus on expecting an answer to your prayer, you would have results coming to you immediately. So, that can be a diversion of focus. The answer to your prayer is probably requiring that much attention. That focus is needed so that you focus so seriously on the arrival of an answer than the arrival of the man of God to a prayer meeting. Your expectation, because when we are praying, what exactly is happening? What are the advantages of prayer? 
Yes, I could have, I could have talked about something different today. But because we are coming from prayer, a night of prayer, and people were here praying. A spiritual person, when he is to walk into an environment where prayer was happening, like this environment, that spiritual person must be able to understand that there was such an activity. Because prayer will always leave a mark in the atmosphere. There is a mark. There is a mark. It's, it's considered a major event in the spirit that if prayer is to be done properly, it will forever be recorded in the environment. It will forever be recorded in that environment. That prayer once occurred here. So that in the future, let's say, I don't know how many years from now, if this structure is to be taken away and there is something completely different, even if they are to put up a prison here, there must be a certain atmosphere in that prison because of a prayer that once occurred here. So why is it that most people can watch a movie for two hours, three hours, no problem? 90 minutes, as long as it is soccer, no problem. But prayer, prayer. Do you know that most of the things that you are expecting God to do for you some of the, most of the promises that you find in the Bible. Those promises, yes, we might want to claim them through or by faith. That I've, I've identified a promise in the Bible. This is mine, this is mine, this is mine. And, most, and yet most of those promises were promised to prayerful people. These are not promises that were given necessarily to individuals. But those individuals were promised based on their prayer life. So most of the things that you find in the Bible given by God as promises, these were not promises to specific individuals. These were promises to prayerful people. So these are promises attached to prayer. So if you are to pray like those people, to whom the promises were given, you then qualify yourself for the promise. You pray, prayer then qualifies you for any promise that was once given to a prayerful, a historical prayerful person. So, personally, if I'm to see that God gave a promise to uh, uh, Isaiah 
and the promise is a good promise and I'm interested in the promise. What I need to do now instead of getting God to also give me a fresh promise, I must look at the behavior of Isaiah. What is it that Isaiah was doing which then prompted God to specifically uh, single out that particular promise and give it to Isaiah. If I'm to tap into the lifestyle of Isaiah and get to know his routine, what he was doing at the time the promise was given to him, and I do exactly that, I'm likely to attract the same promise that was given to him, not to me, to him. Because now I'm aware it was not given to him, it was given to his lifestyle, his prayer. But what if I get to know that he was praying for two hours? Okay? Because most people are not aware of that. All they understand when it comes to tithe is 10% of their money. They don't understand the 10% of their time which needs to be given to God. So it doesn't matter how much you pay in terms of money when it comes to your tithe, but let's look at the time that you spend in prayer. 10% of that, if it is not given to the Lord, you are not a faithful tithe payer. So, so, Hear me, when it comes to prayer, I'm saying, let's say uh, I, Daniel is committed to a prayer life where he was known even after the king had given a decree that no one is ever going to pray to any other God. Yet he kept on doing what he was doing before despite him being now... Um, an official in the politics of Babylon. He kept on praying, opening up the windows, still calling upon the God of Israel. So his schedule could not be altered despite his influence or even his position within that um, that kingdom. He, would, he kept on praying. So, what if I'm to copy that and I discover that Daniel is praying maybe for two hours every day and then he's, that's why probably he's getting those results that he keeps on getting. And then I also, what? Pray for two hours. And then I don't get the promises that were given to Daniel. Then I have to revisit the style. Now I've God has revealed to me that Daniel was praying for two hours. So what I now know about the prayer of Daniel is only time. The time. The time, that is two hours. But the quality. The quality. So I would have achieved in praying for two hours, but then the quality. The quality. What exactly was Daniel saying while praying. So I come back, then I start to investigate my language. Do I really know what needs to be said in prayer? 
if there is a promise upon my life which I got based on a certain prayer lifestyle, if you are to duplicate that, you are likely to attract that same promise because it was not given to me. It was given to my style. If you are to copy this style, you are likely to attract the same promise that I got. So follow this, because this is very key. Are you following? Yes. <laughs> this message will help you Okay, let me okay, let me move a, a little bit from that. Do you know if 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 prayer is to be done, there is something in Isaiah, should be chapter one, verse verse fifteen, verse fifteen. Let me see if I'm if I'm right on that one. Isaiah, yes, chapter 1, verse number 15. I want you to see something because when you pray, have you ever prayed and you never got an answer? Yes. Oh, be seated, please. Or maybe you got an answer, but that's not the answer that you wanted. Or you prayed, you were in need of an answer, but you are not sure whether the answer came or not. Okay. Now, listen to this one. Listen to this one. And when ye spread forth your hands, when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes. What I will do when I see you raising up your hands, immediately I will hide my eyes. It's a gesture that I'm not comfortable looking at. I don't want to see you. I know what is coming. Every time that you raise your hand, I know. I'm no longer interested in seeing those hands raised. That's number one. Yea, when ye make many prayers. Now, when you get into many prayers, as you begin to pray, I will not hear. Imagine God, by, by not hearing, what is, he, what is he talking about? Yet he knows that the prayers are many. God hears the right prayers. He, even the wrong prayers, he hears. There is no prayer that he cannot hear. But he's saying, if you pray those many prayers I will not hear, how come you know there are many if you can't hear? So he's talking about paying attention, considering those prayers. I will not consider. Though the prayers are what? Many. And this is the reason why I will not respond. I will not do anything. Your hands are full of blood. blood. Full of blood. So what God is saying is, whilst I'm receiving prayers from you, before I respond to any prayer, I, ha I have to conduct a thorough inspection. I look at what your hands have been doing. Versus what you are saying in prayer. So, 
What God is saying is there mustn't be any contradiction between your works and your words. So what you need to learn to do now is to touch according to your prayer. Touch. Your touch. Your touch. Be careful of what you touch. Your dealings must be consistent with your prayer life. So what is going to fight your prayers, in this case, it's never going to be an evil spirit from the village. We consider what you have raised as a prayer and we look at the hands of the one praying. If I see blood in your hands, no matter the number of prayers. So what God is saying is, I will answer prayer based on the quality of your hands, your lifestyle. At that point, the devil hasn't arrived as yet to hinder your prayers. It's just your word versus your hand. Two things on you, what your mouth is saying is being contradicted by what your hands are doing. Then you face resistance. Your, pray, your many prayers are ignored. So what improves then the quality of your prayer? Huh? Yes, yes, you're right. The quality of the works of my hands. What improves the quality of your prayer? The quality if, of the works of If my God hands. is to consider what your hands were doing before you prayed, what determines then the quality of your prayer? Of the works of my hands. Works. Works. So, yes, there will be things that you need to understand. What, what, I, what I really, what gives me concern, if I'm to meet a person, even in this building, in this ministry, who is interested in serving God and you have no interest in prayer. You are a bomb waiting to that desire that desire just the desire of wanting to serve, wanting to participate, even wanting to help other people outside of prayer. You even must be suspicious of yourself. Because such a desire to serve God must be birthed by a devotional life. The time that you spend with God The time that you spend with God, that's the only place where the desire to serve God is generated from. Now let me show you something very important here. Do you think that if you are ever going to offer 
God service. And you still have the presence of an evil spirit in your life. You are, if you are fully aware of a possession, demonic possession, if there is a demon in your life that you know is present, and then you go on to serving God, do you think that that demon present is going to allow you to bring out the quality that God is expecting. You, you must be worried. You must really be concerned. What is this demon here to do? It is going to allow you to serve but it will see to it that the expected quality will not come out. You cannot bring out that song at the standard required. Because in a proper um, industry where structures are in place, there is a quality control. A checkpoint where products are looked at, looked into making sure that before they hit the market, the quality is the expected quality. Everything that you will do in the house of God, A demon present will make sure that that, was, that is not the expected quality. So everything that you're doing is substandard. What is reducing the quality of your work? An evil spirit. So you must have sought for deliverance. You are getting rid of that component that comes to messes up the quality of your work. So you say, I need to be clean. My hands are supposed to be clean even before I offer prayer. I need to be clean. I need to be clean. What are those things that are contradicting my prayers? And the devil has been so smart in making sure that he's going to push forward, give you revelations of evil spirits probably from your background, and they are not involved in this. So let me teach you something very important here. When you are praying, what exactly is happening to a man who is praying? If you are ever going to pray from today, so that you will derive pleasure in praying today. What exactly is happening to a person who is praying? Who is praying? Be seated, please. Be seated. Okay, why is it that your, let's say your husband, your husband, your husband is, he 
he's worried about you going through his phone. Because he knows what you are likely to find out. There are many secrets in the phone. And he's not worried when he sees you praying. I, I know I and yet yet proper prayer if the one praying was really praying the right way you'd know that even without hair coming into any physical contact with my physical phone. She has access into secrets. But now, now, this is why the devil himself doesn't want you to pray the right way. It is wrong prayers that he promotes. So that the more time that you even spend in prayer, praying the wrong way, you are losing out on other business opportunities. Your friends, <laughs> by the time that you are done praying, if you are to compile the number of years, <laughs> we consolidate your dedication, you will notice by the time that you are done, you come back, your friends are driving. They have built houses. So it was a delayed tactic where your hunger for God was promoted by the devil because he was aware of your ignorance of the exercise. He knew that you were not aware of what you were doing. So he fueled the zeal, the desire to pray, knowing for sure that you are praying the wrong way. I wanted to follow this, but he was supposed to discourage you from when he hears that you are now in a closet and, and he hears you pray. He was supposed to be worried. He was supposed to send the small boy, go and call me your mother. I'm looking for her. Knowing that you are in there praying, just to disrupt your prayer life. Because he... How come he's so sure that your God is never going to reveal secrets to you? He's so sure. Some they go as far as, as even asking you, are you not going to church today? So he gets an opportunity. I'm talking of a revelation that your husband has of your prayer life. He has discerned you and he knows that no matter how long you are ever going to pray, your God is never going to reveal secrets to you. How come someone else 
who is not as prayerful as you are has gone on to discern your prayer life to a point where he knows. Unless someone calls you and he tells you that your husband is not walking right, you have no any other way of knowing. How can you spend two hours with God and you rely on somebody else bringing you information? What were you doing? So what it means is that your, your spouse knows that you are good at talking to God but not hearing him. Your mouth is sharp, but your ears are blocked. So he will promote you. Go ahead and pray, and he knows that God is never going to reveal to you Secrets. All I need to do physical. If this woman is ever going to find out, I will have to. I have to delete. That's the only place where she can find information. So to think that you have been analyzed to that extent, what a waste of time then. Yet you were supposed to come from prayer and you look at your husband right in the face and you ask him, who is Susan? From that day, his fear, his respect, his reverence for that devotional life will go up. He now knows that you cannot hide a secret from this person because she has several other avenues. This woman is talking to a God who talks back to her. People are not afraid of a God who hears you. They are worried when they now know that you can hear God. They are worried. They are worried. People get worried when they know. People don't fear God who hears prayers. People fear those praying. And they are now able to hear God. So let me show you something here. Be seated. Let me show you something here very important. A prayerful woman, even if something is going to be said about you, which is a lie, let's say it's an accusation, and everyone else believes it, do you know the only people that you can trust are prayerful people? Because you know if a person is prayerful, at least you trust that she at least has a place where she will get some of these things verified. If you are going to marry 
Just an advice. An advice. The prayer life of your men is key. The prayer life of your woman is key. There will come a time when evidence will be laid before people and it would be obvious that you did it. It would be obvious that you did it. It will require only one person with an ability to ask God and hear from God whether you did it or not. Such a time will come. Such a time will come. Whether you are not going to be a preacher of the gospel, just by being a prominent businessman, your reputation at some point will be at stake. Where your competitors will even create scandals. And when that time comes, the only people that will keep their trust in you are prayerful people, people with an ability to talk to God about your matter and an ability to hear from God concerning your matter. So if something is to be said today about me, I'm guaranteed of a major loss. Because there are people here, unless social media tells them, they have no any other source. And the only people that I'm going to remain with are people with an ability to inquire from the Lord. This is what I do when I am praying. The Lord gave me an understanding that I've been able to keep by his grace for years now. It's an understanding worth keeping. When I got it from the Lord, what I did was not only to know, but to keep. It's an understanding that I have kept. It has worked for me. There are certain understandings, certain knowledge that you get and you keep it. You buy the truth and you sell it not. I've realized that in your journey, your prayer journey, 
it's not only what you say to God that matters, but you must be aware of your inner conversations. What you tell yourself about you, about God, and not only what you tell God about yourself. So that there is no contradictions between the two. Your inner conversations, your inner inward communications, your perspective of yourself. You are praying as who? What's your position? What is your ranking? What's your title? So that you know that when you say, our father, you're speaking as a son. So it is a communication that is relationship best. Where God is your daddy. I'm not a foreigner. I'm not an outcast. I'm not a stranger. I'm related to God. I carry his DNA. So that is what gives me confidence to approach my father. And that is based on your inner convictions, inner communications, inner interactions with self. Who am I praying? Who am I praying? This is why I've been able to personalize some of the statements that you see generalized in the Bible. I personalize. People don't, for example, people don't have, people don't have a problem when you stand and you say, we are the sons of God. They don't have a problem. You know where I'm going, right? But if I say I am, I come here and I'm, I'm declaring to you people that you are looking at the Son of God. I'm the Son of God. My God! But what were you saying when you said we are the sons of God? The problem comes when I personalize it, when I make it an inward conversation or conviction. When I consider myself. So we are saying we are sons of God. As long as we are many, no problem. But the moment I say, I'm a son of God. People now are hearing something completely different. That is why most of the things that people read in the Bible, they don't work for them personally. You must have an understanding of yourself. Who am I praying? So I've worked in that area for a very, very long time. And most of the time that I've spent, I've spent it in making sure that there is an inner understanding of self. So that even if I'm to spend less time in prayer, 
I'm spending less time in prayer, having spent a lot of time in understanding myself. Who am I? You are a child of God. So, number two, apart from the relationship that I have with the father as a son, I also consider myself um, a territory. I'm a place. Because Jesus himself called me a city. Built on a hill which cannot be hid. So, being aware of that nature, that city nature within me, is what helps me convert the village atmosphere, the village environment that I find myself in. It is the city nature, the city power within you that overcomes a village lifestyle. It is this. When you pray like a city, you realize that the devil is trying to run your life according to the standard of the village. Okay? I hope you are following what I'm saying. The power to overthrow that crow head, that power emanates from the city. You can deal with that village from the perspective of a city, having understood yourself to be a city, not just an individual. Some of us, even when we get on to fight, I consider myself God's most trusted ammunition. I know I'm a weapon in the hands of God. So in different sectors as I pray, I put on different uniforms. This situation requires that I pray as a city. What are you? What is your understanding of yourself when dealing with a medical condition? Be seated, please. Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. I like keep on, keeping on referring to these testimonies that you keep on giving. They came with your little boy, the big man rather, the big man, yes, for prayer. For prayer. From the beginning right up to the end, you cannot pinpoint exactly where prayer happened. Yet that's what they came for. 
You come for prayer and you are told that you are coming back with a testimony. And then you come back with a testimony. And there is a countdown of the months. And at the exact month, they are here. They are sharing a testimony. <coughs> Having gone to other places for prayer. And prayer happened and healing did not what? Happen. There are people Jesus healed without even having to pray for them. All they needed to do was to touch. What we are now considering the hem of a garment, but to them it was a touch of prayer. It was prayer that they what? Touched. Jesus would pray in the mountain for hours so that during the day he's reluctantly curing diseases like you wonder. You wonder. But unfortunately, if you're going to copy Jesus, <laughs> you will copy what you see him doing from 6, 6 a.m. So the lives of the most powerful people that you meet, the greater part where they derive their energy from, those places are hidden from the public. So someone sees that what he saw happening on the camera during the afternoon is the part that he copies. He just goes and he just tries to touch the person who is ill and thinks they'll be Next service. In the next service, the one who needs help is you. Be seated, please. <laughs> there is always the other side of the story in every book that you read there are missing pages missing pages I've never seen I've never read I've never come across a book that contains everything. Even everything about the author. There is no such a book. That's why the Bible, the Bible at least is honest. It says not everything that Jesus did is recorded in here. There is always something about people that you don't get to see, which is the reason why they are so successful. So successful. So successful. So, okay, maybe it's not in the prayer. Maybe it is in the touch. Okay? 
but compare my touch to their touch. These ones were scratching every part, everywhere, including the armpits, everywhere. They had an opportunity to touch this boy. So what is it with the what? The touch. If it is in the touch. So what now the parents needs to, not just the parents, all of you people watching, what you are seeing there is a dimension that is achievable. Where you, you go about your business, touching things even without praying, but they respond to prayer. I'm not saying you are touching without prayer. I'm saying touching without praying, but having prayed. Touching things. And because you are a prayerful person, whatever you touch is touched by what? Prayer. So communication is happening at what level? How come a disease knows? There must be another service, another church happening beyond your capacity to comprehend. You never had it physically. If you were to go by physical communications or by WhatsApp messages so that you know there's a secret. Now, this boy... How come the disease had an order which was never audibly what given? And you see an act of obedience. There is an act of submission. There is a demonstration of dominance where you can see it's not just healing. No, there is obedience. 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 Where you witness an infection taking an order. Don't underestimate prayer. Let me tell you some, some things. Can I tell you some things? So, what I do is, take your seat, please. Take your seat. What I do is, when I, when I walk into any place, before you start anything there, whether it's a ministry you want to start or whether it's a business that you want to start. Those areas are different sectors and geographically, those territories are treated differently even by demons. Let's talk about places that are really infested with demons. 
and you get into such a place and you try to do something and you are resisted and you personalize the resistance and yet it is the resistance within the place it's a program within the place uh, I hope I will find um, uh, a scripture in Jeremiah uh, where God declares listen to this he starts off by saying earth or oh earth or oh earth earth here or oh earth 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 three times let it be written that this man his name was Coniah shall be considered childless and he will never be successful as long as he lives. Jeremiah 22. Even his descendants shall never prosper sitting upon the throne of David, even of Judah. Jeremiah 22, 22 verse yes. 29. Yes. All earth, earth, earth. Hear this. All earth, earth, earth. Hear the word of the Lord. So the earth is being advised by the Lord over it to hear. Hear this, O ye earth. Mm -hmm. Thus saith the Lord, Yes, write ye this man childless. Write. Ye this man childless. This man, Coniah, must be considered from today childless. The earth had to be summoned, earth had to be called three times so that earth pays attention to what the Lord is about to say concerning an individual who is supposed to be childless. So the barrenness is not only according to the womb or to the lowest sperm count, but the earth has now been programmed to see to it that whatever this man does, no matter how romantic, make sure that this man, as long as he lives, he is childless. So such a man, when you meet him, you, it's not enough only praying for him. You need to be in alignment with the program given to the earth. Wherever he goes. He's not saying if he goes to Mars, he will not have children. Oh, Mars was not invited. This man must hire a rocket if he wants to have a baby. As long as he's on earth, earth has been told by the Lord to complicate his productivity. Ah, okay, okay, read it. Read it, read it, read it. Sit down. All earth, 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 uh -huh. hear the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless. Yes? A man that shall not prosper in his days. In his days. This man shall not what? 
prosper. Yes? For no man of his seed shall prosper. For no man of his seed shall prosper. You see a contradiction there? Sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. Sida. Sida. This is Coniah, the son of Jehoiakim, who was the son of Josiah. Some believe that Coniah is also Je Jehoiakim, is the same name. But God is now ordering that there is no productivity, number one, in his life, and he's not supposed to be, uh, to procreate, he's not supposed to multiply. We cannot have that nature of a king duplicated again. So F, make sure wherever he goes, as long as it is F. So we're talking of certain places that you visit and you must discern the prevailing atmosphere so that you know you <laughs> how to have mastery over territories you yourself being a territory, a territory, a city. This is how I personally overcome. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. <laughs> how is it that let it be written that he will be childless? Then he goes on to say something in contradiction. It's a contradiction. You, you might have not seen it, but now I want you to see it. He is going to be childless. Then what comes? Sitting upon uh -uh. a man that shall not prosper in his days. Uh -uh. For no man of his seed, no man of his seed, seed shall, shall prosper. Are you following this? Yes. Having said that this man <laughs> will be childless, then the Bible goes on to say, his children, none of his children will what? Prosper. Prospering in any sector of life, even in taking over the throne of David. None of his children. But you have said that he is what? Childless. So what the Lord is saying is this man will be considered childless no matter the number of children. Even if he is to have children according to our records in the heavens. You will, this is why some of you, you are struggling in that area. How you can have up to 10 children and none of them is looking after you. How is it achievable that out of five children as a parent 
you still have to wonder where you are going to get your next meal. You are put right into that same category of childless conias. There is no baby. There is no child. There is no daughter. There is no son. What makes a son gets into the shop? Some of you are sons here looking at me. You consider yourselves sons. You get into the shop. You are holding a shirt that you are about to buy for the seventh time. And your father, your biological father, doesn't feature anywhere in your mind. You buy shoes seven times. Whilst you are in the shop, before you get to your size, you pass through your father's size and he never features in your head. You never, you never think of him. You are here today. Just so that you know that your father is a conaya. Can I talk to someone here? Yes. Can, I, can I talk to someone here? Yes. I'm not talking about her prophet I'm talking of seven times buying. You cannot make sure that you buy your father a t-shirt. Even once a year. T-shirt. T-shirt. And you argue that your father is not childless. Why am I telling you this? This is the blood in your hands that will complicate your prayers. It reduces the quality of your <laughs> all this aggression and pressure that you now see people putting into their prayer life like the caterpillars and the excavators and you hear all the different types of engines it's an attempt to compensate for what the hands have not been able to do to improve on the quality of their prayer. Mm. Sit down, please. Sit down. Sit down. Do you know what I'm, what I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is this? Follow me. Follow me on this one. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. What do you do then if the man's earth is under an order from the Lord? <clears throat> no, no, no guy no can address this. No pharmacy 
can provide a cure against this. It's an order given to earth to make sure there are perpetual complications. So the only person who can deliver such an individual is a territorial individual who knows how to heal atmospheres. So what you do now in developing yourself into becoming a prayerful person, consider your territory. When you move into any environment, discern the spiritual temperature of that environment. That's number one. That's number one. That's number one. That's number one. Where are you currently situated? Take some proper readings of the temperature in that atmosphere. So what am I doing? This is how I was going to. If you had asked me that question, this is how I would. When you move into (laughs) any place, there are things that you will experience that have nothing to do with you. It's an atmosphere of that place. It's an atmosphere for that place. Okay? Things are not coming against you, things are against that environment. And you so happen to be a part of that what? Environment. So what do you do? Number one, you must seek to understand your environment so that you take dominion of that environment. Huh? And I've given you this scripture, I'll keep on giving it to you. Jesus says, you walk into an environment, you say peace. Be upon this place. So what is he saying? He's saying, when you get into any place, you will find there is a prevailing peace or violence in that place. So don't stay unless you have influenced, you have altered, you have made adjustments to that atmosphere. Before you spend your first night, you must have read the major activities in that atmosphere. What is it within this umbrella that forbids my venture from succeeding? So you are, it's a prayer already I'm telling you how to pray. So for you now to be able to know, it's not only based on what you are going to say. It's not enough what you are going to say. The issue is what are you going to do with the evidence that you gather prophetically? Because as you are praying against a territory or for a territory, proof would be brought to you. The question is, what have you done so far with what you have sensed? Now that you know that there is a demon in this place, now that you know that there is a demon in this place, in your house, in your office. Now that you know, what's the next stage? Next stage. Because this is how you engage in warfare. What 
have you descend? So personally, if I see you kneeling there, if I see you praying, and I come back after an hour and I still find you praying, and then I come back after two hours and I... I celebrate you, number one, because I know that that takes a great sacrifice for a man to stay in one place and you are talking to God. I congratulate you for that because I know what goes into that, number one. Number two, I expect, if you were praying the right way, I expect there is a certain threshold. There is a certain standard in terms of your sensitivity, which is a must, that you cannot pray for that long and not be sensitive to spirits. It means there is something else that you were doing. You have achieved two hours, but you haven't achieved sensitivity. You, you are not praying the right way. Because prayer must do something to you. Prayer must do something to you. To you. To you. I'm not talking about prophets. No, I'm talking about a child of God. You cannot pray for 30 minutes and after prayer I ask you what did God say and you say nothing. It cannot happen with a child. Not a prophet, a child of God. It cannot happen. It cannot happen. You're telling me God listened to you for 30 minutes? And there was no five seconds that you gave to him to talk. No five seconds. Within the 30 minutes that you were talking, no five seconds from God. No, let's talk, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that a little bit. I know you want to go home, but, but let me work on this one a little bit. Because what did you pick during prayer? Because I know what prayer is capable of doing. It makes you so sensitive to activities. If prayer is not improving your sensitivity and you can easily be lied to coming out of prayer. Uh, the few of you that are standing, you can sit down. You can sit down. All of us, you know, while we are still growing, I'm still growing in the, in the things of God. There's a lot of questions that I still have, yet still unanswered even now. But you have people that you look up to and you admire, especially when you are getting into ministry. There is no way that you can just jump into ministry not having observed other ministers that have gone ahead of you. Their conduct, their style of ministry and everything. But 
You see, I have some men of God that I had so much respect for. I still have that respect, but I've lost respect for their prayer life. I had respect for them because of the respect that I had for their prayer life, which I didn't realize that. <laughs> and the only respect that I, <laughs> I have now, I only, okay. So, <laughs> those days we were just, I think it was during our early days. The ministry was just starting. You remember the service that we had massive deliverances happening and I allowed people to touch my jacket. Right? And and people were touching the jackets and miracles were happening. So many healings occurred. It wasn't me really praying for the people. I allowed people to touch the jacket. And with us, we can have excuses for that kind of a practice, given our numbers. Maybe I wouldn't have done that if we were just 12 people. Probably another preacher with 12 members might not fully understand the need for that. And some people were coming, some people also, maybe I know, maybe some were also leaving their ministries, coming to join this one, but I never encouraged people at any point to leave their ministry. I was just doing my things. But it was during that time, a preacher, I still have respect for him. He, he went on the pulpit and castigated me. Well, there, there were people during the, I, I, I was, those days I used to also want to know what people were saying. Because I was, I was also growing, even Jesus himself, he said, what do, what do people say that I am? Yeah. Yes, it's normal. Yeah. I really wanted to know. I didn't want to have men of God fighting me. Because it was never my intention to fight any men of God. But he's on the pulpit and he's describing my activities as witchcraft. And he went on to explain, telling people that some of you, I know you are here, but you were there last Sunday. And I'm being told that what was happening there is demonic. And then he said, can we imagine, where have you ever seen a jacket floating in the air? It's him preaching and he said the jacket was moving from one bay to another bay. He's preaching. It's on record. So whoever told him that, my question was, even if they lied to you, you were having prayed for two hours, three hours. If you are really a prayerful man of 
God. What is it that even your members, they've diagnosed you, they know that your only source of information is us. How is it that you can be lied to? To that point where you insult <laughs> even your God during those two hours is not saying anything concerning the matter. Okay, what is it about your members? What, what, what is it that they know about you that you are never going to find out? They are so sure that your God is never going to talk to you. They are so sure that you are, you are not prophetic enough. They have measured your prophetic and they know that whatever we tell this man, his God is never going to tell him the truth. So, now, why am I saying this? I'm only saying this is something that you look at and instead of admiring people that pray more than you, you get discouraged then when you see lack of sensitivity on them and you wonder what kind of a prayer Sit down, please. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah, sit down. Sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah sit down. <laughs> so, what really had motivated me to also want to pray. You see, when a person comes out of prayer and then you see that this person is so sensitive, his level of wisdom has gone beyond the borders. This person has since left the, the human sphere in terms of his comprehension of uh, spiritual things. Then you 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 trace it back to his prayer life. Then you say, okay, maybe it's coming from having prayed every day for three hours. That's why he's that sensitive. I think it's because he prayed for three hours. That's why he has that much wisdom. I think it's because he prayed for three hours. That's why he's. But then when you see lack of wisdom, lack of sensitivity, lack of truth, then you go back into his prayer life. You begin to... You stop admiring his devotional life. Why is this devotional life not telling him the truth? Why is this not resulting in more wisdom? So you are discouraged. That's why you have to be very, very careful that the more you pray and people get to know that you pray more, your life then must be consistent with your prayer life. So that people, when people meet you and you execute a certain measure of understanding that they don't have, they will have to trace it back to your prayer life. It is your prayer life that they then what admire based on a lifestyle. A lifestyle. So be careful. I'm just talking about your hands versus what you are saying. Your hands versus what you are saying. Your life, there must be proof in your life that you are not only busy 
praying. God is busy answering you. There must be proof. So I'm measuring now that if my ministry is going to be this complicated to a point where <laughs> a man of God can misunderstand me to this point, to this extent, who, who else is going to understand me here? You become concerned. So my question to you is when you were praying, during that night, when you were praying in your house, when you prayed in your office, talk to me, somebody. What did you pick? What did you sense? What did you feel? Your sensitivity was suddenly, miraculously heightened, and you started picking events in the spirit, even the name of the demon in charge. You can extract a name from the atmosphere. You know there is a demon in charge of this territory. My number two question is, what then are you going to do with the evidence that you have gathered? It calls for a different personality. Who is a principality to address principalities? Sometimes, you know, some of these demons that you encounter, they are not dealt with at the point of discovery, where you discover them, no. It's like just a lab where you go to the doctor and he takes some samples from your body, he's sending those samples to the lab. And they will bring back their findings back to the doctor. The lab is not going to cure you. They will bring it back to the physician. Now he is equipped. He is informed. He knows exactly what he is dealing with. So information picked at the lab level, it's not going to be dealt with at that level. Some of you, you are now at that level where you know that this man, my husband is an evil spirit. But the question is, <laughs> What now, what is it that you can now do with the evidence gathered? You have discerned that there is a principality that normally sits on your husband. But only a principality can contend with that one. And you are not. So the fact that you've been able to discern the nature of a demon doesn't mean that you, <laughs> you have the capacity yeah. Yeah. to contend or to address that situation. You have to grow to that level where you know what to do with the evidence. You say to God, why do you show me 
Why is it that I'm at a level where I can know just by looking at somebody that this person is under serious depression, but I have no words to give comfort? So God then starts preparing you, equipping you with proper language, vocabulary, that administers healing to the afflicted. But it's coming from having noticed that you are so sensitive. How come I know this person is sick and yet I cannot cure? Lord, why do you keep showing me these things? It's a call to another dimension of prayer. It's an invitation to another level of what? Prayer. How come I keep seeing people in distress? Yet I'm not well equipped to help people out, out of their problems. So you celebrate, you thank God, thank you, you have made me sensitive. Now I know the demon in charge of this territory. Number two, since this I've sensed the presence of a principality. What does it take for that same principality to also sense me, the principality? What does it take? So that next time I walk into any environment, instead of feeling a thick cloud over me, how do I become a thick cloud over the thick cloud? So that I'm the one now being felt by principalities as a what? As a principality. Why is prayer not improving you? Be seated. Be seated. Be seated. One of these days, if you are to lose your job and it is said that you have stolen money from the company and you get dismissed and it's all over the, the papers. Everyone believes that you've, you've stolen. And then your wife is going to ask you, did you take the money? I, I know you will answer but no I didn't take the money but after answering such a question that idea that she even thought of asking you did you steal 
the money. It will, it will haunt you. Forever. Because you are looking at the number of the years that your people have been together. And the only person that you expect to understand you and to know you is not sure whether or not you stop. If she's a prayerful person, you still begin to wonder what, what is she doing in prayer if God cannot tell her this. That's where you become upset with your husband that they don't let you pray. But what kind of prayer is that? Why are you praying? He's saying, why are you praying? Everyone else is being taught things by other people, but not you. You take everything that you hear from people, you bring it before your God. I expect more from you. Why is it that your sensitivity is not improving? You are praying the wrong way. You are not praying well. So, Prophet, so how am I going to know that this is the right prayer? Sensitivity. You will see an improvement. Your level of wisdom, I find none your level of wisdom must be different from other fathers. <coughs> so, what do you do if this affliction that you're experiencing is an affliction for the territory. How do you possess an already possessed territory? How do you dispossess in order to possess? Do you know what goes into evacuating the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the promised land before you occupy. When you engage in prayer, you get to know secrets. Spirits are 
brought before you, their nature and their character is laid bare before you. You know that men and women of this village are all under the influence of this territorial spirit. All that information, you are gathering it during prayer. During prayer. During prayer. During prayer. So some of you, because of your wrong understanding of placement, you get into any place, you look up in your imagination, you're trying to discern what is above you, the Persian princes that are above you, that are stopping your prayers from coming down. But if you understand your position, sometimes you look down from far above principalities and powers, knowing that you are seated in heavenly places far above. So you look down to know certain demons. Not up. You look down. You correct that image in your head. You start extracting evidence. Because above you, there is no evidence. You can see the operations of the devil, but you ask God, what kind of a demon is operating in this place? But in your imagination, you are looking up to see, to investigate, and there is no slightest evidence above you. Every evidence is under your feet. So the people in that village, all of them are under your feet. Under. So you investigate from above, from an elevated position, knowing, number one, I'm a child of God. And he that is from above is above all things. Scripture says so. Anyone that is from above is above all. If you are from above, you are above all. Let's save it. Let's save it on the screen, please. Let's save it. We have many pastors here. Do we have Bibles amongst the pastors? Let's read it together. One to go. From above is above all things. Of heaven is earthly, and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. Maybe seated. 
you are above some, some of the things. Oh. So you are praying from a position. It's not just prayer. You are praying from a position, a non-position. I am heavenly. You see me here, I am from above. So every situation, if it is under you, it means it is under your control. Take that seriously. Take that seriously. You can make a decision. Right now, even when you think that you are stranded, you say, I wish the prophet could just talk to me. I want to know my way out. <laughs> it takes a prophet of this nature also to look at you and say, you already know your way out. Sometimes what you are seeking is simply an approval. An, an approval. The way out, if you are prayerful, you would have already seen it. You would have already seen it. Did I not tell you on Thursday that you when you receive prophecy, you receive the prophetic. Yes. Ah. Yes, you said that. You ah. said it. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right now, if you look at your situation, you know exactly what needs to be done. But the problem is probably you are not sure. But you are saying you are stranded right now. You are saying, I don't know what to do. But there is something that you can do. Probably you are worried about people. It's not only the problem that is worrying you. You are worried about how people are going to respond to your solution to that problem. What are people going to say if they hear? But when you pray, bring any situation, you bring a situation before God, right? Any situation you can think of. Any. Everyone. Anyone without a situation here. Any. You can think of. You see, the day that... Sit down, sit down, please. Sit down. You will notice something. You will notice something. <laughs> that every time that you bring a case before God, and you want to understand God's opinion of that case, you somehow, in that same moment, begin to understand what God is understanding. 
you begin to see what God is seeing. And you start arguing with him. You start arguing with his opinion there and there. Yet you brought the case before God because you said I, you had no understanding. And he gives you his understanding and then you start arguing with his understanding, with your understanding that you had said you didn't have. Uh, please God help me here. I don't know what to do. You said you don't know right, so now I'm telling you what to do. And then you said what? It means you had another direction. Because if you cannot go this route, so you had another route, right? Yes. When you receive one word, the prophet is not supposed to touch every area of your life. All that Jesus needed to do was to touch one area. It was just the immoral aspect of that woman that Jesus touched. And she took that and she spread that prophecy into every other area and she says the man that I've seen that I've met has told me all everything about my life because everything about her life was being understood from that immoral perspective I'm struggling over there because of this one area people have walked away from me because of this one area people are talking against me because of this one area I cannot get employment because of this one area. So Jesus has answered even my financial life by only mentioning that you have no husband. So how many prophecies do you require? You require the prophetic. Not prophecy. The, the prophetic. One word delivered by the prophet. One word. Not even to you. But you take that and you sow it into every other sector of your life. Because suddenly you have also become prophetic. Are you following this? Are you following this? But notice, notice. Some of you, you haven't really placed enough value on yourselves. You can sit down. Sit down. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. Make sure that your, your receipt is close by. Your receipt is close by. You must understand that everything that I'm saying, everything that I've been saying ever since, everything that I've been saying, <laughs> these are not just words. No. No. These are not just words. I know what is happening to you while we are talking. So, when you pray, next time you pray, even if the prayer is going to last for 10 minutes, Tell me whatever you want to tell me. When, when I start to pray, even, even yourself, you will know I'm verifying everything that you are telling me. 
So whilst we are talking, we can agree. But don't let me pray. Because I will find out. I will eventually know. Because I know that prayer conditions me. Prayer qualifies me for promises that were never given to me, but they were given to prayer. Promises that were never given to me, but promises that were given to prayer. Promises that were given to prayer. How can you explain a scripture that talks about lions not suffering lack, not dying from hunger? Even the children of a lion, they don't suffer lack. How, how, maybe these people had no access to National Geographic, because some of us we have watched, we have seen lions dying. Huh? I hope it's on the screen. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger mm -hmm. but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good now hear this they that seek the Lord shall not lack okay yes. huh yes. huh yes. if the lions are to suffer hunger if a lion so he's even saying there is room for the lion to what suffer hunger but they that what? Seek the Lord. Seek, seek, seek good things. The Lord. Shall not what? Shall not want any good thing. What is want? Lack. Anything that falls under the category of good, anything good, anyone who is seeking God will not lack anything good. You see, but the problem is when you look at your life and you look at the scripture, you doubt the scripture. Because you believe that your life is the proper sample. You still consider your life superior to the word of God. Because you are suffering, and the Bible is saying, if you seek the Lord, you cannot suffer. You doubt the Bible because you believe your life. Instead of doubting the life that you are living, and you believe what the Lord, and you say, okay, but how come I'm seeking the Lord? How come I'm wanting I'm lacking. You stick with the word and you say, probably what I thought was seeking the Lord is not really seeking the Lord. 
you start to make corrections. I, I don't think that's the right way of praying. Do you think what, do, do you really know what can change your, your life? Even if you're asking God for something, right? It's a prayer that is coming from acknowledging that you don't have. That's why you ask for it, right? Now, if you had it, what were you going to say? I wanted to see how having and not having can change the way you pray. Gratitude. If you are aware of a disease that you have, what do you ask for from God? Healing. But if you know that there is no disease in your body, what were you going, what were you going to say to God? Thank you for health. Already you can see there is a change. Having and not having. There is a change in the way that you communicate with God. So majority of these prayers are emanating from not having, from lack, not from abundance. So you now have a life that is without. And now your prayer life is predicated upon lack. It's based on lack that you pray for two or three hours. Most of it is asking because you are praying from an awareness of lack. You are aware of what you don't have. But the question is, if you were aware that what you needed to ask for, probably which is money, is already present. You were still going to spend two hours not asking but thanking God for what you know. You already what? But majority of you are saying, but I know I don't have it. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, wait, wait. It's, it's because of your knowledge. Somebody told you that you don't have it. That's why even God himself did not quickly agree with Adam that, yeah, you are right, you are naked. No, he said, who told you that you are naked? If I'm to ask you right now, how are you going to feel knowing that your house is complete? Try to imagine the feeling. Huh? Can you see that it's a feeling that can even be imagined even before the house is constructed? But how are you able to feel it? 
How are you even able to know? You're not only knowing that I will be happy. No. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. The excitement, if you are to imagine, the excitement after the completion, even imagining the excitement, do you know that your body is, is so foolish? Your body. The way that God designed you, it is so foolish that you can convince your body that your, your house has been finished. No, 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 no. You might not believe this. You might not believe this. But this is what is causing people to be stressed. These are future imag imaginations of things that are never going to happen. And your blood levels changes over here. So it's a future reaction to any event that is likely never going to happen. And already your muscles are ready to, to, to fight with an event to come. You are already resistant. Things that are making you sick today are yet to happen. It's a wrong imagination. Right? And your body is deceived. That is why I gave you multiple examples that you wake up and you are you were dreaming and you are sweating because you were running. The body is literally sweating because in a dream you were what? Running. So the same energy, the same glucose that is required for that uh, <laughs> for that run is being supplied by the body. There is danger. What is in what? In your bedroom. So the body doesn't even know what is real and what is false. How come it is supplying you with physical energy, physical glucose? What is you are in a dream? And they are putting fuel into your body so that you run away. It's happening in a dream, and yet your body is already equipped with new tires so that you run physically. Imaginations. You are sick because of a wrong imagination. You can also be well because of a right imagination. Okay, this is where some of you are getting it wrong. You are saying, I would, I would, it makes more sense for me to feel like that after the house is what? Complete. So you want to have a house so that the house can create a feeling. And yet it's a feeling that creates the what? The house. You can choose which one comes first. Because already you know, you can imagine the feeling of having achieved. Suddenly you are motivated, you are aware of the potential within you to achieve. That potential to achieve is an achievement. It's there within you. So imagine when I'm praying from that perspective. You are praying from that perspective where your prayer, if a, if a, if a, a text man, a guy from Zimura, yes, you pray. <laughs> they start to investigate on it. They want to know. So how much have you paid in terms of text from what you were saying in prayer? Because the figures that they get to hear 
from prayer, which is still in form of potential within you. Ah. So, so the feeling is waiting for the house, and the house is waiting for the feeling. Because the house was given to the feeling. That promise was given to prayer. That promise was given to prayer. If you are to pray, you have suddenly qualified yourself for the promises. Whoever was promised that was prayerful. If I'm to pray now, if I'm to pray, If I'm to pray, how was it going to feel like going home to a loving husband, a loving wife? That feeling is not in the future. Because already you know how you would feel that knowing is experiential. You're actually experiencing the feeling. How would you feel knowing that you have paid all of your bills? Yeah. What is that feeling like? If you can capture that feeling in prayer, you lock it. You personalize that feeling. And you start living a joyful life. I know, I know, You heard when I explained to you the placebo effect. You want to ask these guys? Because no, 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 some of this preaching because think these preachings are just to excite and to motivate people, but it doesn't really work, but it works. Be seated, please. What is that, doctor? What is that, doctor? It's just uh, cheating the body so that it believes what's not there. And then it heals itself. Please hear what the doctor says. It's why? Here, listen. It's cheating the body. No, no, no. Listen to what the doctor is saying. Are you listening? Doctor. Tell the person doctor speaking. I did you know, license, you practice. 
Remember, you don't have a medical <laughs> You didn't learn like that. Now listen to what he said. The word placebo comes from a Latin word, which means I please. That's what placebo means. Mm-hmm. Please, so it's I pleasing please. the body uh-huh. by a false thing. And you make the body to believe that a good thing has happened to it. And the body will now start to react in a positive manner. Um, for instance, if somebody had a disease and maybe is in pain, and I give him a water injection, I put water in a syringe, and I inject the person, I, the body will think that it has received the medication, and it will release chemicals that will steal the pain. It's the body which is now reacting to that, and the body will quiet the pain, and the patient thinks he has been cured of the disease. So it's just cheating the body. <laughs> Is that right, Doctor? Ah, but my wife knows that we are going to be married. Ah, the majority. Doctor The majority of um, the healing or the treatment in Uitika, even in the practice, is from the placebo. Some patients will actually tell you when they come in, so you find that there is a lot of uh, psychological belief. There's a lot of belief that if you arrive at the doctor and he tells you what not to eat, what to eat, which medication to take, that you will definitely be healed. But in the case where But in the case where you know that this is a placebo. Does the <laughs> Does the patient have to pay for the placebo? <laughs> we just charge. <laughs> they are paying for my knowledge of the placebo. For my knowledge of the placebo, <laughs> they didn't know about it, so they have to pay. And they are also paying for their ignorance of it. Yes, yes. So you can program your body. Good things are going to happen to happy people. (laughs) You are not only expecting something good to happen, think about this. Something good has what? It happened. Happened. So, what is that future feeling if something good is to happen? 
how are you going to feel? Because you seem to know how you're going to feel. That's why we, we work so hard for it to happen first. We want to achieve a feeling. That feeling, you already have a feeling of that feeling. That's why you are working so hard to achieve over here so that you can have an experience. But you can have an experience now. And from that place of excitement and joy, there is nothing that you cannot achieve. There is nothing. So you are doing it not so that you achieve. You are doing it as an achiever. Let me finish off by asking you this question. When they approve a property, you know they approve it in stages, from foundation and everything, even the plan, they approve it, right? Right. You cannot get an approval even from the council because they say you cannot, it's like a principle, which I consider also to be very spiritual. How come they cannot approve it on the ground if it's not on paper? Because what is on the ground should be emanating from a piece of paper. So what are they saying? It's not allowed to exist first here. There are other existences before. So every imagination that you are having of a better tomorrow, that imagination is in form of existence. It's all, it already exists. Your joy is in existence already. So imagine praying from that place of knowing. You are already praying like as an owner of an estate of a property. How do they pray as property owners? That's the prayer you borrow. How do rich people pray? That's the prayer you pray. Ah. Ah. And suddenly your body is programmed. From this place, you will see yourself attracting the right resources that are coming to promote your imaginations. Are you following this? Are you following this? So you can easily chase away resistance from your path. And in this case, we are not even cheating our bodies. We are telling our bodies the truth. Though my doctors are not cheat our body, they are not going to language, but they are not going to say body is not going Though doctors are saying it's cheating, they are using language that the you understand. The healing is already within the body. Next to the pain is the healing. Next to poverty, is money. So bring out your, your receipts. I just want to minister to you. I don't take that commitment lightly. I know what goes into partnering with God. I know. I know. I know. 
what goes into partnering with God. We'll keep on doing this. We'll keep on doing this. We'll keep on doing this. You'll be seated there soon on that chair. Up. There, right there. And what they'll start with? Don't mention figures. The first thing they'll say is don't mention figures. Your struggle will be how can we give this kind of a testimony? And we'll be doing that to protect you because the moment you mention that figure, you'll find yourself with an escort. <laughs> I know what some of you people are thinking. You look at the environment and you say, it cannot be achieved. But some of us, we are looking at the word that is superior. And I look at you, I see possibilities. You cannot be invited by God to participate in any project, in any construction, unless there is an agenda that God has. The only time that God wants to, would try to push you into building is when he invites you into a building project. We build our houses by building his house. Are you, are you hearing me? Are, are you following this? What are we saying here today? We are calling upon the earth. Lift your receipt. The earth that we saw a few minutes ago <laughs> receiving a program from the Lord. Oh, ye earth. Earth, earth, earth. <laughs> Let it be recorded. Let it be written that this one will not be childless. Let it be recorded that this one, all of his days, shall never suffer again. Oh, ye earth. Oh, ye earth. Let it be written today that this one, his seed, his descendants, wherever they go, they will prosper. And there is no demon that will stop them from sitting upon the throne of David. It means your children, wherever they go from school, they will become leaders. Oh ye earth, 
I'm releasing these people now. They are coming your way. I'm commanding the ground to open. The byways to open. The highways to open. I'm ministering right now as you go. Even if there was resistance, your power shall be greater than resistance. I'm not only speaking to you, I'm speaking to atmospheres. Oh ye earth, oh ye territories, here we come, here we come, here we come. Today I'm standing here not only as a prophet, but as a sower of seeds. We are planting our members today into every sector of life. And our seeds will germinate. Our children from this place will take charge. There is no way that you can build the house of God and God cannot build your house for you. What you have seen happening in other ministries cannot happen here. I said what other ministries have failed to produce for you, this one cannot fail. You don't experience losses in this church after giving to God. No, your time for multiplication has come. Everywhere you go, right now what you're holding is proof, is evidence that there is partnership between you and God. I pray, I pray for you today. I pray for you today. God will prove to your enemies that he is your partner. He will prove to your enemies that he is your partner. I say he will prove from today to your enemies that he is your partner. Lift up both your hands. Even if you don't have your receipt, you are here today. Something wonderful is happening to you. Something great is happening to you. Something so great is happening to you. I'll be inviting you very soon again to bring these same receipts. It's an exercise that we are doing. It's an ex it, will, it will not be long. It will not be long. It will not be long. The seed that you have sown is it's bigger than money. You don't look at God's project and you ignore it. No. No. You look at God's project and you pay attention and you participate. God looks at you as his personal project. And he cannot ignore you. He will pay attention. Every need that you have, I declare it shall be met in Jesus' name. There are some of you people here. The devil had actually earmarked you for death. And it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't need to be calling out names here, but you know it. Of late you have been feeling that death is reigning over you. You know that you are no longer going anywhere. It's like you are, 
you are closing down everything. When that day finally comes and you are supposed to breathe out your last breath, when that day comes, whether it is tomorrow, whether it is during the night, when that last breath is coming out, that shall be the beginning of your life. Your body shall be revived again. A new spirit, a new body, a new body part shall be given to you. I speak this as a practitioner of the spirit. I know where I stand. For this reason, God will preserve your life. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. Do you believe what I'm saying? Yes. Ah. You still a project When we have a project like this. And we have illnesses. That stay in the body. And you die of those. Ah. Ah. It won't happen. Tell the person close to you that it won't happen. We are for signs and wonders. The reason why I'm going to leave and I will face tomorrow is so that I declare the works of the Lord. Say, I shall not die. I, I can't hear you. Say, I shall not die. I shall not die. Now, you say this with your hands raised up. You open your mouth wide and you declare, let the earth hear you. I shall not die. Let me hear that for the last time. I shall not die. <laughs> Give the Lord some praise. Oh my God. If you know that you know that you know that God has already done it for you. <laughs> you know the excitement, right? You know the excitement, right? Yes. You are going to be excited. You are going to express your joy. There's nothing to still be upset about. Go move from where you are. Look for somebody that looks very serious. Don't worry, be happy. If you can sing for them that song, don't worry, be happy, sing that one. Be happy. Be happy. Jesus, the captain of this ship, is here. He knows what he's yeah! doing. Be happy. Be happy. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah.
right. I want to be sure that that overflow is happy. Let me see the overflow if they are really happy and excited to be here. C can you hear the overflow? Together, I want to hear a joyful yeah. noise unto the Lord. That you are going, you are not going to be talking to people. You are going to pray. You come to the altar. The moment you walk out of the building, you start your talk. You walk out of the tent, you start to talk. As long as you are still in here, we are going to pray now for a few minutes. Intense prayer. Hmm? A prayer which is positional, knowing that you are not an enemy of God. You are his baby. You are talking to your father. And it is the father's pleasure to give you the kingdom. So that from this place, you are reigning over every principality, every power. So there's no more weakness in your body. From this moment forward, there is power there is energy. And with that, you will succeed in every area of your life. So you are going to pray now. You are going to pray now. What are you going to be saying? You are commanding. Earth, here I come. Business, here I come. Marriage, here I come. Anything that you know you were once in need of, here I come. What is qualifying me is prayer. So you are going to. Can I order to your children? Now's the time to do it. You before are we praying, start. bringing your seed to the altar, or you go back and you pay towards the building construction. By the time you cross the walls of this building, now you can talk. You can talk about other things. At that point, know that the earth is ready for you. Ah. Ah. Iwe. Iwe. You. You. Do you know what it means to be sent? If you are sent, what are you? <laughs> you are a messenger. Have you ever seen an angel that God sends that is powerless? That is not empowered. The earth needs to know that a different species is coming. A different kind is coming. You are no longer as timid as you were before. You are not as fearful as you were before. 
you can't be intimidated. There is no man, hear me, child of God, whether you are here or there is no one under the sun with the capacity. You could destroy your joy. To destroy your joy. No one. Leave this place walking above principality, above sadness, above every demonic force. And you are praying from that higher position. I'm a city situated on a mountain. My success cannot be hidden. People very soon will begin to see my glory. You are declaring that as you are coming here. You are dropping your seed on the altar. You go back, you pick your belongings or you bring them here as you go out. I've said it. I said it last Sunday. And I'm saying it again. You are losing your disease even as you are coming here. I said, if you can walk, walk. If you can't walk, still walk. He's healing you. You are not going to die. Take this action right now. Go to the altar. Pray. You drop your seat. By the time that you cross these four walls, you get out. You can start to discuss. The earth is waiting for you now. Promotion is waiting for you now. Success and fruitfulness is waiting for you now. Glory is waiting for you now. I want to hear your prayer. Lift your voice wherever you are and begin to pray. Kiza taka takara lira bosa, kisha kibaka zata ya, ya tokoma jepeka nikita, rokoto komo hosa bahari, kisho kima kuzaka teka, lata ya mbete sheboko, kazo prako tatenda kibaka, yikete kere lira bosa, shifrondo ezopra likonda, kisha koma kuzaka tehaze. Shabado Shedeke Aza Ta 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 Kabrosa Kibaga Shikidiki Nikoza Bamro Bado Savedo Shadeke Kibaba Babo Shadeke La Ka Ta 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 Kobo Kozati Shaboka Make Nekes Zibo Kishokama Sabra Sha Ta 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 Yakobako Sadeke Hesate La braka sheka mrochoto Mazokama yeza keta neketeza Shifrondo ozoto brozoto Mazenakaya leteke Yatataya reteke leteke Baruza venda shendekaya Kisho kimakaya leketeke hesai Ratatatatata yakapakateka Yapiko enzo prakendoza Krisha kia kabarata nekrevente Eiza prozizanya shibra nikro Rabibibidi shadididi Yakoza pandekaya 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 Lake pandeka sheteke Epa popodoka yateke teke te Revito ezopra likoza 